Welcome to Cathode Ray Mission. It's me, Randy, Big R Hire, and coming to me live via satellite, as always, Will Scoville. How's it going, Will? I'm all right, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Today we have a super crazy cool episode because this is our one year anniversary. So this is a one of two part episode that we're about to do. Cisco and Ebert sneak previews. Dogs of 81. Review? Question mark? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> <laughs> we're kind of following the lead of, uh, of our good friends, Gene and Raj. Mm. Uh, as they, I think this kind of came up uh, in the Discord. I had watched the Dogs of 81 episode on YouTube, and I posted it in the movie chat. And you came back and said, we should do that as an episode. <laughs> And it, it came up to like one year and I'm like, oh shit, what are we going to do? And I'm like, oh, that Dogs of 81. I like that idea. <laughs> and so thinking it would be funny, I was like, let's do a two-part, six-movie rundown of the worst movies of 1981, according to Gene <laughs> and Roger. Um, yes. And so they were, we by and large, very bad. They were pretty awful. Um, I've mentioned on this show before that I sometimes watch movies twice for this show. <laughs> I watched every single one of these movies twice, all six of them. Um, I had to, I had to put a stop to my, uh, watching the Marvel movies <laughs> temporarily so I could watch this trash. Um, and I'm almost done too. So part one, I decided, uh, based on the picks that we had, we're going to split this up between... Randy's picks and my picks, and mm. starting with Randy's picks, um, which are uh, a little bit uh, more broad, I think, whereas mine are a little bit more focused. Uh, yeah, that's right. I picked so, some of the good stuff on the list because I knew that this would be so painful. So I was yeah. like, let's uh, try to watch something that maybe they're wrong about, you know? Because I, yeah. I was thinking they'd probably be right about most of this shit. So, yeah. Yeah, and you pick stuff that, like... There's definitely one that we both agree that should be on here, but uh, we kind of had a back and forth about a couple of the other ones, and I wanted to pick some a couple of the ones that we had never seen, but I think you uh, were good on doing ones that you had seen before, and so I think that was a good pick, whereas all three of mine, I no, I'd seen one of them before, but long time ago. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and so... Um, yeah, I think I think you know it, mine follow a theme definitely, and I think these yours follow a bit of a theme as well in that you have seen some of them. Um, yeah, and so yeah. Do, do you have a master list of all of the dogs of? I don't know. I'm sure someone does, but there are a bunch of dogs episodes, and then um, on individual episodes that they'll do the dog of the week. Mm. Um, so it's dog of the week, and then. This was like a special dogs episode. Damn. Uh, for that segment. So, so, to the listener out there, you're going to want to watch the dogs of 81, Siskel and Ebert, if you want to know what we're fucking rambling about right now. Yeah. I'll put, a, I'll put a YouTube link in the show notes of this episode. So, just click on that. You can watch it. I'll, we'll be playing some clips here too from Gene and Roger from that episode uh, just to get their take on the movies we're watching and see if we agree or not on their 
uh, initial rating on these. Now, do you th- who do you think are you the G- the Cisco or the Ebert between you and me of cathode ray mission? You know, I I like Roger more. Well, me I too. Am, I think everybody I am, does. I think Roger is my favorite, but the more and this is not taste-wise, this is just crit- the way that I criticize and look at movies more, I think I am more of a gene. Hmm. I don't like that, but I think that's just who I am because I do like, everyone likes Roger. Yeah. Um, and Gene is like there. Mm. Although, I don't know, like I've, Gene is usually the one I get mad at. Mm-hmm. Um, no, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but I think I, I am unfortunately more of a Gene guy. <laughs> um, Although it's like I want, I like Rogers, who I enjoy listening to. Yeah, and, me too. And maybe that's maybe that's Gene's deal. Why they got along so well? It's just like they were so different people. Sometimes I feel like I like everything, and I feel like I'm Roper or something. You know, honestly, I'm just like I'm too soft uh, on stuff. I don't, I don't. I do that too. I do that especially on this show, and I, I've gotten into heated arguments in the very recently in two different discords. Mm. One about Marvel and then the other one about Star Wars. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I was involved in I am, one of those, right? Yeah, you were involved in one. And yeah. both of them are, are me being very like, hey, man, I actually like these things. I think they're <laughs> I, I kind of like, like I'm having a good time. And everyone's like, no, you're not. <laughs> 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 so... Uh, I, I do feel that sometimes, but I don't know. Like, Gene has has like these this specific taste, and you're like you're like ah, of course you would like that Gene. Yeah. And I feel like people are like that with me a lot, where it's like something, <laughs> you know, to everyone else is awful, and I'm like, no, man, that was great. Are you what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, and you know, and I'll watch it over and over again. I'm like, no, see, it's good, it's good. I'm like, but. Um, no, Roger's always right. Roger's always right about like the good movies for the most part. Typically, yeah, they are wrong sometimes. One of the movies we're doing tonight, today, I think they were epically wrong about. Honestly, like, yeah, I don't deserve to be in the list compared to one all of the them, other bullshit we watched. Like, yeah, yeah, like it, it, it didn't get a high rating for me, but I'm like, it's not anywhere close to any of these other movies. Yeah. So, so without further ado, should we jump in to three movies from the dogs of 81? Let's do it. All right. What do we got first? So the first movie we'll be talking about is, uh, let's do, let's talk about cannibal run first. What let's do, you do it. Yeah. Cannibal run 1981. Uh, what's it? Hal Needham. Is that Hal Needham? Yep. Uh, Burt Reynolds, Dom DeLuise, and a host of other celebrities. It's it's a who's who of who's not yes. working this summer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who who wants to come and, and hang out for yeah. for three months? We got Farrah Fawcett, Jackie Chan, Roger Moore, some of the Rat Pack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dino and and Sammy, uh, and then Peter Fonda shows up. Um, Adrian Barbeau. Oh yeah, Adrian Barbeau is cool in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's so, a, my I watched this with my girlfriend, and she she's the weirdest. Like 
she hasn't seen like Forrest Gump, but then she'll be like, oh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. I love that movie or something mm. weird. And so she was like, this is a lot like Death Race 2000. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I guess it is. I mean, a bit, but I don't know. <laughs> I thought about that the whole time I watched it because she kept bringing it up, though, where it's like it's just like a race across the country. It's like Death Race 2000 without the the violence aspect. But it's also wacky races from Hanna-Barbera, you know? like. Well, yeah, true, true. And it's sort of like, it is kind of like, it's a mad, mad, mad world or whatever, like that style yeah. of, or it's a, a funny thing happened under the way of the forum or where it's just like, everyone in this is a famous comedian, you know? I think yeah. a newer version of this would be like, this is the end maybe. Or Rat you Race know. was that the one that... Oh, uh, yeah, literally this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, God, Rat Race. I haven't thought about <laughs> that movie in a long time. But yeah. Yeah. This is a great... I mean, Cannibal Run is a movie that I grew up watching on HBO and Cannibal Run 2 as well. They kind of... Because uh, Sinatra makes a cameo in mm -hmm. one of them. And I, when I'm watching this, it's like, I'm not sure if this is the one or if it's the next one. But... Uh, so I don't know. There's like this part in it that kind of I always think about when I think about this movie and it kind of makes me smile and enjoy the movie where Burt Reynolds walks up to somebody and then just flubs his line and then starts <laughs> over and it's in the movie. It's just like that's how little they give a shit. And it's, it's like fucking awesome, dude. Burt Reynolds is just like. Having a super good time with yeah, like, Dom DeLuise. There's a line at the end of the movie when they're like popping the cork of champ on the champagne and everything, and it sounds like it's dubbed in, but it's like it's Bert and he says, "Hey, if we're not filming next summer, let's do this again." Yeah, that's, exact, that's exactly what they did. They're like, "All right, let's do it again." And there's, it still happens. But there's a great string of of those movies in the 80s where everyone was just like, hey, you want to go on vacation and get a paycheck? Yeah. And... Uh, well, Grown Ups, I guess, is sort of like a version yeah. of this, mm -hmm. you know, where it's yep. just like me and my bros are hanging out. We're making a movie, you know, but it's really more of a vacation, I guess. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, um, I mean, that's really what this feels like. And everyone's like having a good time. Nobody has to work that much. Um, yeah. but so in this movie, and this is a theme that kind of runs across the entire, all the picks that we have. Um, there's a lot of things in this movie. And first thing I want to point out is <laughs> Jackie Chan is in this movie. Yes. Is Jackie Chan Chinese or is he Japanese? He's Chinese, I believe, and he plays a character named Jackie Chan who is Japanese in the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so they're playing like... This is going to be he, the American intro of him, too, right? I mean, I don't know. It's got, I mean, it's early on. It might be. I mean, they, those movies probably played in the States, but this is like him coming to America, maybe, and doing a movie in yeah. America. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's like uh, the whole time I was like, Jackie Chan's Chinese. He's not Japanese. <laughs> and so we'll see later on. And as we do more of these movies, this kind of like racist Asian stereotype. 
Uh, and that Jackie Chan, he's Asian, right? He could be anything. Um, I mean, he agreed to be in the movie playing a character with his name who is a, from a different country, you know? Yeah. I mean, that'd be kind of like possibly akin to, and I don't know if I'm speaking out of turn here, but if I played a Canadian in a movie or something, you know, not me, but like an American. Yeah. But like some of the, the next movie we're going to talk about has straight up just like Asian face, which is. Yeah. And then all. All of, not all of them, but you're right. A lot of these movies do have white men portraying other ethnicities. Is <laughs> like a theme yep, yep. of all of these movies, almost except the one that's. I mean, it's and this was a thing in the '80s because, like, there's that movie Short Circuit where you got uh, what's his name Fisher Stevens playing an Indian guy. Um, so crazy. Yeah, and it's just, they did two of those movies, and it's like, I don't know if I like watching that movie anymore, you know, it's like, and then, but that brings into the whole, like, Apu uh, deal, it's like, are we going to accept that, you yeah. know, are we going to just kind of gloss over that, the fact that Apu started as uh, pretty much a racist stereotype, and continued, even though he's like a beloved character, he's still voiced by a, a white man. Yeah. Um, so, but <laughs> in this movie, uh, that's one thing. Um, the other thing, like it just, everyone seems like they're drinking and there's a lot of like just open drinking and driving in this movie. Oh, for sure, dude. People and are drinking. The cocaine is being done for sure. Yeah. Like, and I just like, things. I mean, you have on the, in the movie, like, oh yeah, Terry Bradshaw and, and the other dude. Oh Yeah. Or just like loading the back seat up with beer. Um, yeah, it's just I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is something I, I definitely would have gotten had I seen it earlier on. I, like this is the first time I've seen this movie. Yeah, I totally, it's like it's for kids, dude. Yeah, yeah. Or I like, mean, I totally would have like been into this in 91 or something if it yeah. came on TV. And also, I mean, have you seen Smoking the Bandit? Yeah. Because, like... That came out before this. Yeah, yeah. and that's But that's Hal Needham and him. And, I mean, I think that movie is, like, a masterpiece. Honestly. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a movie that everybody I know that's seen it kind of went in with, like, no expectations and was blown away by yeah. it, you know? And considering... It came out like the same year as Star Wars, I believe. I don't think it's as good as Star Wars, but I think it's damn near as fun and exciting as Star yeah. Wars is. Smoking, I mean, it's just, it's awesome. They made three of those too. They it made did. Star Wars, they and made part three. Two, smoking the it's Dimension Returns. I remember liking part two, Smoking the Bandit, but am I, I mean, I remember liking Cannibal Run too as a kid too, though. So, yeah. But this is like, not that for sure. It's nowhere near on the mm -hmm. level of Smokey and the Bandit, just plot wise and everything. But I do love the friendship of Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that really shows even more in the credit sequence, uh, which I'm like, when that rolled, I'm like, why isn't this the whole movie? Why yeah. isn't it just them like fucking up over and over again? Yeah. And I'm like, you can add it anyone else you want, but it's like 
Dom DeLuise and Burt Reynolds having fun is way more entertaining than anything else I actually saw in the movie. And I'm like, them like cracking each other up is fantastic to watch. Yes. Um, I would just watch hours and hours of, of them doing that, honestly. Me too, dude. I wish they should make a documentary just about them, like their friendship and stuff. Yeah. Because it is, it is awesome. Bert is such like an alpha. You know, we were talking on mm. our Discord about like who is the Burt Reynolds, even of the nineties, you know, or right. like, and like, I don't know. It's such a, he's such a rare mix of different things where he's like, he's fun and funny and charming, but he's also kind of like, he's kind of stoic though. He's, yeah. He doesn't say a lot, but he's like mischievous and he has a twinkle on his eye. I don't know. <laughs> but he's an al- he's then, a total alpha dog though too. And he's like he's not like <laughs> buff or anything, but people thought he was sexy and he was in Playgirl magazine. Yeah, yeah dude. And like and I see him I'm like I don't fucking get it. I don't understand why he was like a sex symbol. Um but he's like He's just pure testosterone, I guess. Right, yeah. I mean... He uh, is just, like, the cool guy at work and not, like, some unattainable, like, muscle guy. He's just kind of this regular dude who's, like, super fun. Yeah. Uh, And, yeah. And I think... Who compared him to, like, Tom Selleck? Was that you? No. uh, I think... Our friend brought him up just, and I, I think that was more because of a hairiness thing. It's like Tom Selleck to me isn't. Well, they were, they were, they were existing at the same time and yeah. they were kind of the same type, but Tom Selleck was like kind of the, the cleaner version of that where, you know, the Burt Reynolds is the unfiltered camel. Yeah. A version of of Tom Selleck. Bert is more uh, in the league of Clint Eastwood or something like yeah, that. You know? Yeah. I mean, Tom Selleck is like kind of a George Hamilton-esque character, <laughs> you know? We'll yeah. Be talking to, that's a little sneak preview about an actor we'll be talking about in the other part of this episode. But Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think Bert was just a, just a presence, man, kind of an unmatched... A once once in a lifetime you'll get a guy like that, you know. Yeah. Well let's let's hear what um uh Gene and, and Roger have to say about Cannibal Run. <laughs> uh this it. is from this is from the dogs episode that we're uh following here. Um so this is what uh kind of they uh had to say when this came out in nineteen eighty one. Okay. Now we get closer to that magic moment when I'll be picking my worst film of the year. But this one came close. <laughs> it's the Cannonball Run, a miserable Burt Reynolds chase picture about a bunch of loonies in a high-speed cross-country car race. Now, what was wrong with the film? Not the cars. They were just <laughs> fine. They went real fast. No, what was wrong was the actors. The film was filled with old performers reworking tired old gags. You want some examples? Well, how about Peter Fonda, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., and Roger Moore? And so there it goes into a clip of of all of them in a fight scene kind of at a, a biker bar. Yeah. Um, which is like, it is what it is. And it's just like, that, that this movie is 40 years old and it was made to capitalize on the moment. And we've seen these before in like the movie movies, like scary movie and then date movie and whatever else 
is kind of wrapped up in there. All the pop culture stuff is stuffed in there and it, it is current. It is within the last like year and a half. Yeah. Um, and so this feels like one of these movies. And so there's like a lot of like, uh, uh, God, I, I was getting these movies confused, but, uh, so there's a sequence where Dom DeLuise is like going to a Seven Eleven or some shit and mm. like singing the Dr. Pepper <coughs> song. And I'm like, okay, that was on TV all the time. Everyone knew that. And everyone was like cracking up in the theater at Dom DeLuise singing the Dr. Pepper song, <laughs> which is like the flattest thing, the like uh, incredibly unfunny to me. But I'm like, <laughs> but I'm like, but people were like, oh my God, it's like the commercial Dom <laughs> DeLuise. And it's, it, and also, um, Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. It's like they are, that stuff was like, I don't know, 20 years old at this point. And then now it's 40 years old and it's just like, holy shit, Dean Martin looks awful. Uh, oh, and I know yeah. that's, <laughs> that's part of it, but I'm like, I'm wondering how they much both just look terrible, dude. <laughs> Sammy Davis looks like so frail and tiny, you know? Yeah. He's anyway. itty bitty, but man, like. <laughs> And I know they're, they're drinking the whole time and they're supposed to be drunk, but like... They are literally drunk, though. So, yeah, right? Dean is awful looking. He looks like he is getting, like, he's pulling, like, the like an IV out of his arm and getting out of a hospital bed before each take or something. It's... But in the movie, girls still, like, love... They're all over like, yeah. yeah. And it's like... <laughs> All right, maybe I'd buy it if it was Bert, maybe, but even Jackie Chan, you know, but not yeah. Dean Martin. He literally does look like he's about to die. Like yeah. he doesn't look—he doesn't look coherent, like coherently no, sober. Like, it's pretty sad, honestly. <laughs> it's not—it's not great. So let's see what how they wrap that that review up here. Right. Again, I think this is like Choo Choo and the Philly Flash, where the filmmakers, in this case, director Hal Needham who's Burt Reynolds' good friend, simply thought that anything that the actors did was funny. I disagree. Sammy Davis Jr. and Dean Martin in Ocean's Eleven, they were funny. But that was more than 20 years ago. These men are not intrinsically funny anymore. There's something else that's not intrinsically funny in a Hal Needham movie, and that is a chase scene yes. and a car crash. Yes. In one of his movies, he had 50 squad cars running into 50 semi-trailer trucks, and it was not funny. It was just a gargantuan, dumb event. Yeah. He doesn't seem to realize that destroying cars and running them around at 100 miles is not funny. It has to be a plot. There have to be characters. Well, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much what we just like touched on there. Um, God, I love them so much. I do, too. <laughs> Even when I disagree with them, I'm just like, ah... God damn it, you guys! Yeah. Uh, well, I think I think that's pretty good on on Cannonball Run. So I think uh, yeah. instead of doing the big roundup on on these guys, let's let's give it a tribute to old uh, Roger and Gene. Uh, thumbs up or thumbs down? On, oh yeah, perfect. Because we have two more uh, movies to go in this episode. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, thumbs up or thumbs down on Cannonball Run? Uh, I'm gonna give it a. Th Thumbs up. I, I like this movie, especially standing next to all these other movies. This is like a home run comedy classic. Yeah. If, if I'm, if I'm stuck, you know, with either recommend or don't recommend, I'll be like, yeah, you know what? This is not as offensive as it really could be. And it's like, especially if you got people over and just kind of watching it, not watching it and talking and hanging out, this yes. is perfect. This is absolutely perfect. 
Um, is it good? No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is not good. But no. um, <laughs> I, it's 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 a thumbs up for me as far as like checking it out. So disagree with Roger and Gene. Uh, Cannibal Run gets a thumbs up. Well, <laughs> let's see if we disagree with them on the next movie. Next movie is another 1981. Uh, this, <laughs> this oh, is my hard, God. This is hardly working. This is Jerry Lewis's <laughs> return. <laughs> this is Jerry, Lew- Jerry Lewis's return to directing after 10 years and a pill addiction. And he makes what is a, just from my watching it the second time, I'm like, this is this is Freddy Got Fingered, but somehow worse than <laughs> Freddy Got Fingered. Like Freddy Got Fingered is like I watch that every few years, and I'm like, yeah, okay, that was really fun. <laughs> this was excruciating. Um, essentially, uh, Jerry Lewis is a clown who gets uh, fired from the circus, or the circus closes, and he's got to find a new job. So half the movie is him going to these crazy-ass jobs. The other half is him working for the post office and some weird-ass... It's I don't even really follow it. I don't really understand, like, what he was doing. <laughs> Dating a manager's daughter. And, but, um, <laughs> yeah, this was, this was rough. So let's hear what uh, Gene and Roger gotta say i think there's a three-part on this one so let's let's hear it right. my first dog is hardly working starring jerry lewis and jerry lewis was the king of comedy at the american box office at one time and in france he's still considered to be one of the greatest american film directors of all time but after a string of flops he didn't work much in the movies in the last decade in fact he didn't work at all so there was a certain amount of anticipation surrounding the release of hardly working people want to know is jerry lewis back in form and the answer was well, let me put it this way. Hardly Working is one of the worst, most incompetent, most chaotically constructed comedies that I've ever seen. Jerry plays a chronic loser who's always out of work till he finally gets a job as a gas station attendant. And so that gas station <sighs> attendant job is, like, very brief, and it's, like, one of many scenes. And that part, I was like, when did the jerk come out? It's like, yeah, it had already happened, right? I mean, The jerk had uh, already come out, and this was, like... Him fucking up at the, is a whole clip of him fucking up at like putting water in, filling up the tank, putting air in the tires, and he can't do any of it right. And it's just like it's hard to get through. Uh, yeah, Ebert is being brutal, but he's being fair at the same time. Like this movie, like yeah. not like I don't know. There's definitely I've seen comedies that are like this. Hard to watch. Freddy Got Fingered is a good example. I'm definitely not on team Freddy Got Fingered. I know a lot of people are, but a lot of people think it's like it's a really special movie. I personally hate it. I always have. I think it's a very nasty, ugly movie. It's just not not what I like at all. Yeah, it's not my I get kind that. of thing. But this is more gentle than that, but I would almost rather watch Freddy Got Fingered than see this again, dude. Even right. though I hate Freddy Got Fingered, at least it doesn't... This felt like... It's 90 minutes long, and it feels... It literally... It feels like it's a like four-hour-long movie or something. Right. It's... It, it is, it is like you're... It's so bad. 
you're like the the real plot of the movie doesn't come in until halfway through, and even then, it's just kind of like, is he going to leave this job again? I don't know. And it's like him getting a date with a girl, and uh, <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I don't even know what to say, dude. I mean, I yeah. I dazed out so hard. There were times when I would pause it. There were several movies in this series that we've done where I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Yeah, that only five minutes has passed. You know, <laughs> like that that kind of just like, oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Um, I'm really happy that this, that we're done watching these movies so I can get back to just like watching stuff for entertainment purposes Yes, and turning it off if I don't enjoy it. Yes. Um, and so this was one that was like, Oh my God, I got to watch this thing again. <laughs> um, so I want to mention like a couple of the jobs he has, uh, prior to getting a mailman job, uh, delivering letters is like. But so he gets the gas station attendant job, and that's like a long scene. That's very jerk esque, and it's not yeah. anywhere near as good as the jerk. And then he also gets a job. Let's see. There's just one shot of him, like a glass and mirror uh, factory, that, and it's just okay, like it said, that part made me laugh. That was really funny because yeah. it was like him not saying anything, and it was about a minute long. And perfectly timed. <laughs> and that scene, it just, it's a nonstop sound of glass breaking. And then yeah. it goes from the sign to the door and then him coming out of the door and into the car and they drive away. Yeah. And I'm like, that's good. But then he's like at a strip club where he's a bartender and he essentially uh, assaults one of the dancers. Yes. And it's a ter- this disco song that plays... Disco is something that also appears a couple times in these, yeah. these movies. Oh, it, my God. That is interesting. As someone who uh, uh, admittedly kind of enjoys disco music, uh, dance music in general, um, you'll be hearing that song in this episode when we go to a break. But uh, <laughs> It's very irritating, especially love when it. it goes on. Love it. Uh, and then... Uh, so yeah, he's working as like a DJ essentially at a at a disco club and he's told to take a break. And then he has like this dream sequence of him being like a John Travolta type and he's not doing any moves. He's just kind of like whirling around. And it goes on and on and on. <laughs> um and then the one that we spoke about earlier was him as at the kind of Benny Hanna type. Which is the poster, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's, and I didn't even the- realize that that's what I was looking at until I saw the movie. Yes, he works at Benihana. And he's an Asian face. Or what? Yeah, he's, he's, he's got, got like, like teeth in. He's got, like fake, he's got glasses on and he's doing uh, Asian, uh, you know, replacing R's and L's. It and is so it, horrible. And <laughs> at the very end, like people like get up and attack him and I'm like... Yeah, I agree. I would do that as well. <laughs> um, doesn't make it worth it. It doesn't make it. The payoff isn't good. Nope. Nope. Like, not at all. I hated it. I couldn't believe that it was happening. Yeah. It's like, fuck, dude. It's yeah. God, so, it's it's not cool. It is like super not cool. Let's hear what else they have to say about uh, uh, Gene and Roger have to say about this one. 
One basic difference between that film and some of the better Jerry Lewis films of years ago is that in those films, Jerry played a character. Mm -hmm. Here, he is just a man with, with odd, weird, strange, inexplicable behavior. There is no comic premise underneath it. And the strange thing about Hardly Working is that slapstick sequences like that one are intercut with a grab bag of totally unrelated other scenes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> soap opera scenes, scenes where Jerry carries on endless conversations with himself and drag, scenes where Jerry exploits offensive old stereotypes about Orientals, scenes that seem to find themselves in the same movie almost by accident. Hardly Working not only wasn't funny, it was acutely unpleasant to sit through. <laughs> acutely unpleasant <laughs> that should be what the really, quote is on the, yeah. the poster. <laughs> I mean, even in 1981, Roger is like pointing those same things out. And, and I didn't even remember the drag scene because I that's like both times I was checked out. Yeah, at that it's, point. It, it is dense with like shit happening. Yeah. Like, it's hard to say... <laughs> To map out the plot, you know, like what we're talking, everything we've mentioned so far is probably in the first 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I mean, there's a whole thing where he's dating, he's trying to date this lady, the same lady at the, at the, at the service station who's got a kid, but her dad is the, the, his manager at the post office and doesn't want her to date a carrier. And that doesn't even really matter even. And then there's this other guy at the post office who treats him weird and talks to him. But I don't even know who the fuck that guy is supposed to be. And what the point of having him in the movie in the first place is. And there's all these points. Like in the beginning, he gets laid off and it's like serious. Yeah. And he's like, like, that's the other thing. He's like talking to kids and he's like, you know, don't ever let anybody say that you can't do anything because you're worth something. You're really worth something. And then he goes to his job and he's like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just I don't know <laughs> That is totally what it is it's Yeah like, it, You hate him because you see him Not at work and he seems like A normal person who is sad well, and then, is, So when he goes to work And he acts crazy you're like well, You deserve to fail Dude like the, but so there's also these things that he does, like when he first comes to their house after getting laid off from the circus, he does this gag where they open the door and he, they open the door into his face and he like comes around and he spits out a bunch of like chiclet gum to look like his teeth. And he's got like t tooth black on, uh, which I saw him do a, like a, like a telethon, like when he was about to die. Uh, and so that's an old gag that he does. And then he does this thing that I always think is really funny where he goes out to shake someone's hand and he always knocks shit over. Yeah. Um, including like a huge jug of milk into someone's lap. That was funny. That one second was funny. Um, of, there are a few points in this movie that did like the glass factory was the funniest part, but. But that's one gag. Like There were a couple moments like in Cannonball Run, like just things that Dom DeLuise did that were slapstick that just made me mm -hmm. laugh because slapstick is funny, like when you do it right, you know? And mm -hmm. like this movie's so dense, there was, I'd say, three points where I laughed and hardly working, you know? Yeah. That were like solid laughs. Yeah. But uh, so let's hear one, movie, one last piece here. I think this is Gene kind of weighing in on, on this movie. 
I agree with you completely, and I'll add one other problem the film had. Uh -huh. The old Jerry Lewis films had Dean Martin, mm -hmm. and they were a great pair. Mm -hmm. In this film, Jerry tries to play both the schnook, the jerk, and the romantic lead, yeah, the same character. It's, very, it's a split personality. He's playing both sides of the script. So now here's the most amazing thing. I uh -huh. saw this film a year ago in France, uh -huh. and what they say is true. The an French, audience of Jerry files, right? The French, yes, French. <laughs> they loved it. They were laughing hysterically. I'm sitting there dead silent. Uh -huh. And then I saw it again here in this country, awful. Maybe the subtitles are funny. No, things. it's not that. I think it may be just a thing that they think is supposed to be funny. I don't know how to explain it. All I know is that this is a horrible film. Okay. Yeah, and so there's a point, I went to film school, and there's a certain point where you are, it's a, it's a rite of passage where you go and you and a bunch of other people convince yourselves that Jerry Lewis is actually a genius. And there are points where I'll say that he is funny and he's talented, but I cannot go that far. Um, I've come back around to say that I don't, I don't agree with that at all. Um, What's your history and, with him? Do you go back with him before film school? Like, did you watch him as a kid and stuff like no, that? No, not, not really. And I couldn't, I didn't really care. And my mom knew, my mom was more of a Dean Martin fan. So she knew about like Jerry Lewis and I knew who he was, but like, I don't know. He's on the telethon every year and he should have not around. made this and just been in Cannonball Run with uh, Dean Martin and I think they Sammy I think they Davis hated Dean. each other though. Oh, that's are why, they? Is that why they don't work together after? Yeah, a that's while? why they stopped working together. Was because I like Jerry Lewis was a, I think part of the Rat Pack. Yeah, and then and he and, and Dino were like together, and then they had some big falling out, and so that is why it was more like Sammy Davis Jr. and Dean Martin in Cannonball Run instead of Jerry Lewis. Um. So, because well, I've got, I, I have no history with him though. Like I, I maybe saw Nutty Professor when I was a kid, but like this I'd kind of watch shit. The Eddie Murphy one, honestly. Like, oh, of course, yeah. Eddie Murphy, yeah. I mean, he's family, you know. But yeah. this, this is, I don't know. This is not, not part of my life. Never has yeah. been. Anyway, I, I might watch a couple of his other good movies just to really get. And then that weird-ass Holocaust movie is going to come out eventually. Oh, I can't wait to see The Day the Clown <laughs> Cried. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be... A lot of people are going to be watching that. You, my YouTube algorithm is going to explode the day that comes out. Yeah, that will be the, one of the most watched, the most streamed movies of all time. Absolutely. see it when it finally comes out, yeah. Who do you think will put it out? Will, be, will it be a Criterion or will it be a Kino? Hmm. The Day the Clown Cried? <laughs> Who knows, man? That might just straight up get bought by HBO or something like that, or Amazon and they'll do a documentary, an accompanying like documentary about it. Oh, absolutely, they should. Tandem, too. tandem release. Oh yeah. Then again, I say that, and the other side of the wind came out, and nobody—I <laughs> never heard anybody say shit about that. That what was that one? The long lost um, Orson Welles movie. Oh yeah. That Peter Bogdanovich like over the course of, like, three decades completed <coughs> for him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Whatever. But that's not right. a, we a weird movie about the Holocaust that starring Jerry no. Lewis either. So, anyway. All right. So, in this, uh, I think we should move on from this one. 
thumbs up, thumbs down on this one, Randy. Oh, thumbs way down on way down for me too. Uh, You can watch this movie unless you were just curious to see what it is. You can avoid it, and this is hard to find. And it's just because it wants everyone wants to forget it. You're not going to probably see a a re-release of this movie um, unless it comes out in some like big. You know what? When Day the Clown Cried comes out, I bet they're gonna be a there's gonna be a big restoration of all of the Jerry Lewis shit. Yeah. And this is gonna end up in some fucking box set with a new remastered version. Yeah. This is often so, referenced on the best show. That's like yeah. kind of what I knew about hardly working. The part when he's like, Would you like a donut? And he goes, Where are they? Like <laughs> Okay. And that, that was a is, pretty funny part. That okay, yeah. that is what see, it gets lost in so much shit because like you forget about it because the rest yeah. of it is awful. That whole scene where he's just like looking at it and like picking at it, and then he gets one and he's eating it and it's this dry donut. <laughs> it reminds me of the of the scene in Ernest uh, goes to jail where that pen breaks in his mouth. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It is it is the exact same scene and it's I think Jim Varney did it. <laughs> did oh, it hell yeah, dude. You, you get to the end of the scene and he's got like ink all over his face. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, dude, <laughs> that's a great movie, <laughs> especially compared to this. Anyway. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Go see that movie instead. Uh, yeah, big thumbs down for Hardly Working. Cisco and Ebert were dead on correct about yep. this one. All right, Randy, let's let's bring it home with number three on the episode. Well, number three I picked, you suggested maybe this deserved its own episode. I think we've already done a full episode on this series personally. Mm-hmm. And so I said, no, let's watch this now in this series because it's good and we'll need to have a good movie and, and all this shit. Yeah. Halloween 2. Halloween 2. Rick Rosenthal, I believe, is the director. But it actually had all this stuff reshot by John Carpenter added in. It, it has oh, really? the, the feel of a Carpenter movie to, still, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Carpenter says he wrote it drunk and he wrote it for money. He like nakedly says that and he hates what he did. This is the movie where um, they tie they make them canonically brother and sister because in the first yeah. one that's not even that's not part of it you know but like yeah that's something i noticed and so in this podcast you get to explore me watching all these movies for the first time so the first one was part five that we watched and that was the <laughs> halloween movie i'd seen yeah and then I went and I watched part one on my own and now we're watching part two I was wondering if you had seen part one yet because I was like, yeah. I hope you watched part one before this one. And I've also seen part three as well. And Part three so is terrific. I love part three. And so when we first, when we did our first episode on this, you kind of told me a lot of the story about it and how it was originally intended to be an anthology series. Mm-hmm. Um, an anthology series of movies where each movie is like a new story, not mm-hmm. the three stories in one movie. Yes. Um and I, I was like, oh, I to- totally understand that. And so looking at, looking at it that way, having seen now part three and then also part five where it's, a, it's like, okay, after part three, we're doing part four. We're coming back to Michael Myers. We're adding in this new story element to kind of take the story forward. And now we're continuing that. Um, I can see what they're trying to go back to after, after part three and mm-hmm. having that not work very well. Um, this one, though, is like, 
it feels like it's done for, it, it does feel like it's, it's just like, yeah, let's just do part one again. Uh, in a lot of ways, it does have the feel, mm -hmm. but I, I really do see it like seeing it through that lens of just like, this is not what part two was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. This is not what the series was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And, um, people just wanted to see Michael Myers again. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like, I don't know. I think this is way better than, than a lot of these movies. I don't think it's, it should be included in the dogs of the week or, or dogs of 81. Um, yeah. but I do understand, I do see that in this movie. I do see that from, do see it from that angle and kind of, I don't know, maybe if I hadn't known that prior to coming into this movie, mm -hmm. I would have watched it differently. Sure. And okay. Um, also you've got a, there's all this like context Ebert, at least, and I think Siskel mentions it too, but Ebert is like was an early champion of Halloween one. He was one of the um, the biggest champ like a ma of mainstream critics. He was one of the biggest champions of that movie. He gave it four stars. He he like he never does this, but in his review, he has like a quote from Hitchcock at the beginning. He's like very plainly comparing it to the best of Hitchcock and saying so, he, he loved Halloween one, but then they famously gave out Betsy Palmer's address from Friday the 13th because they were so disgusted by that movie and stuff like that. Mm. So they, they're like, they have a complicated history. Siskel and Ebert do with slasher movies in particular. And one thing that I always have to keep in mind, even though it kind of makes me mad to think about, especially, I mean, them, them giving out the address and zeroing in on her seems so wrong. Like Sean Cunningham, at least if like, you're going to go after somebody do the filmmaker, but I, yeah. I think he was mad because she was like a teenage star. Or what, I, who knows? I mean, we're not doing, we're not talking about that right now, but I'm just saying they, we have to remember that we covered a lot of comedies on this. There's like tons of horrible slasher movies coming out and I'm sure that they're like watching them, getting paid to watch them. And it's kind of probably hard to separate the forest from the trees. I think I'm sure later on, if they looked back, they would say Halloween two is not one of the worst movies ever. I think they singled it out because they loved Halloween one so much. At least Ebert did. And this is like, it's just not, it's just a sequel, you know? And like, mm -hmm. at the time, it was probably hard to like, notice what is truly great about it with the Dean Cundy cinematography, or it's still written by Carpenter, like, and he it has like the look of his movies, his music. Uh, I mean, as a slasher fan, personally, this has some of the best kills you know, this is the movie that introduces Mr. Sandman as sort of a different uh, alternate theme for just the Halloween series in general, which is fucking terrific. I love the inclusion of Mr. Sandman. It works so good. There's a lot to love about this one. This is the best Loomis, in my opinion. I don't know. I'm, oh, I'm, really? It's, yeah. It, it's, I don't know. And and this is why another thing that I kind of wanted to do this on its on its own. I'm also watching this. Lumped in with all these other movies, and I'm watching it very quickly, you know, because yeah. we're watching six movies for this. Yeah. Um, and so, I don't, I don't know what my true opinion on this movie is yet, and I need to watch it maybe in context with more Halloween. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. um, because I'm interested in it. And I, and I agree a lot with like, it does definitely have a feel of the other Halloween movies. And when we did the episode on part five, you talked a lot about, I think the, the aesthetic is something that you really like. Mm-hmm. And I didn't quite understand that yet. And now that I've seen more of these movies, I'm starting to understand what that means mm-hmm. for the Halloween series, yes. just as it would for the the Nightmare or the, the Friday the 13th, which I totally understand the aesthetic of each of those movies. Mm-hmm. And in watching this one, I think it, it really did click in that you have, this is the movie that really combines those two series, those two franchises, where you have the monster character that is very much like Jason, but you have the setting that is Elm Street and it's in this neighborhood. Um, and so it, it is really just meeting those two in the middle and taking kind of the best of those, both of those worlds and combining them. And so I think with this one, it really is starting to get me to understand what the whole Michael Myers thing is and why people like it and where it fits kind of in the rest of the slasher genre. But I still see it as like, okay, we're not going with the original idea. People just want to see more Michael Myers and we can make more money putting more Michael Myers on the screen. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the, like uh, nightmare hadn't been, wasn't, was three years away when this came yeah. out, you know, and they are on Friday the 13th part three, probably at this point when this came out, um, they truly, <laughs> I don't know. I think that, this movie, if anything, is wrong with the Halloween series. And I think in part five episode, I talk about this. I don't like part four. I don't mm-hmm. think they should have brought him back. I feel like the end of this is so final and awesome. And it's so just kind of like mythical, like seeing he gets shot in the eyes and he's yeah. got blood tears and he's still coming like the fucking Terminator, basically. And then. Loomis like kills him. He just is like, I have to kill myself to kill you. And like he does, and it's awesome. But then he's just they're both alive in part. Yeah, they're four. both back and they both come back. And and it's dumb, you know. But then part and, five is like embracing how stupid it is and it's very yeah. French and weird. And I like that about it, but we don't have to get it. I, yeah, I did but. I did enjoy quite a bit about part five. And so I think it, it hits that certain part the certain point where it's just like it's accepting what it is, but it doesn't go quite into like Jason X territory. Um, so, and, and it's, that's kind of the sweet spot of where it kind of like knows what it is. And it's like, yeah, you know, firing on all cylinders and kind of like, okay, let's try this out. We know this will, this will work and it's not necessarily a rehash of everything else. Um, but that being said, again, I don't think this is a dog of, especially compared to the other shit we've watched, but, no, anywhere hear, near a dog. Let's hear it. Let's hear what uh, Gene and Roger have to say about it. Another trend that wasn't exactly new this year was the compulsion to produce remakes, retreads, and sequels to any movie that even did remotely well at the box mm-hmm. office. The biggest of those disappointments is my next film, Halloween 2, which was a sequel to John Carpenter's very good 1979 horror film. The original inspired a wave of awful, mad slasher movies, including its own awful sequel. This movie ripped itself off. Halloween 2 was just another slasher movie with the same scene being repeated in endless variations. That basic slasher scene where the victim creeps around in danger before the killer leaps out at him or more often leaps out at her. 
Yeah, and there's a whole other episode that is all about slasher movies um, from around the same time that I think oh. is kind of a good companion to this to this episode. Um, we definitely got to be covering that maybe in the summertime or something. Like yeah, very yeah, I, I think so. Um, and then there's also a, a, a much later review that I have always been a bit of a fan of and that how much I disagree with it, and that is RoboCop 2. Um, where they hated it. And it's a movie I genuinely like. I love it. Yeah. Um, it's the same director as Empire Strikes Back, making another great sequel mm-hmm. of a genre movie. Um, and they were upset about a lot of the violence, especially that there's a child who is like a villain in the movie who gets, yeah. who like shoots a cops at shit and shit and then gets but like Hobb is one of the killed. best characters ever. It fucking, oh I my love God, Hobb, he's so, <laughs> he's so fucking evil. Yeah. And then uh, Jen and I are- a little windbreaker of, and shit. Jen and I are very slowly watching through Star Trek The Next Generation and, and he popped up in an episode. Oh, nice. I was like, oh, it's from fucking uh, RoboCop 2. Uh, but no, I, I, when I watched that movie as a kid, I connected with that. Yeah. And it was just like, it was very brutal, but also like, no, I love that kid. And he's, I love that whole story of RoboCop 2. And I love the whole thing with Kane and, and finally making another RoboCop. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, they they didn't like Scream, you know? I mean, they've oh, been... Oh, really? Yeah, they've been on the wrong side. I think, you know, kind of ironically that they put this on the, the dogs list. Uh, I think Ebert actually, in his review, gave it two and a half stars, if I'm remembering correctly. And I do remember one of the things I, I'll never forget from his review is that he's like... He points out, he's like, they did find a way to kill somebody that I've never seen before where he talks about how Michael drains that person's blood and yeah. that dude slips on it and basically has a concussion and like seemingly dies from his yeah. concussion, which is, I loved that. I loved that, was that whole yeah. part of it. Yeah. There's just some, uh, iconic, the Michael emerging from the darkness and pulling the nurse back and like stabbing her, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, that's good. Him coming out, the long shot down the hall of him hoisting the nurse up on a scalpel. Mm-hmm. There's some excellent stuff in there. I mean, if you're a fan of slasher movies, this is one of the, this is beautifully shot and it's just it's a it's a terrific slasher movie, I think, you know. Yeah. But let's let's see how they wrap this one up uh, on their review. <laughs> just total exploitation. That was mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis as the girl in danger. In the original Halloween, Curtis was a competent, sensible young woman tried to defend herself and outthink the killer monster. But in Halloween 2, she's just another screamer. Just another helpless young lady left to crawl around parking lots in a series of inflamed, sadistic fantasies. Of all the movies that ripped off the original Halloween, the biggest ripoff was Halloween 2. You would think that people who had been associated with a hit would want to try and top themselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, that would be the challenge, wouldn't it Mm -hmm. be? Either not attempt a sequel or try and do something better. All they do here, though, is repeat themselves. It's like That's you say, you would think so. No pride. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, that's it. I think it's just, you know, hey, that's, I want to do this. Well, we'll give you money to do another one of these. All right. Yeah. And no, actually, we wanted this. And he's like, all right, fine. Whatever. Yeah. So I, I mean, think it, it all hinged on they were going to help him make the fog if he did this for them, too. There's like, yeah. 
There's all this like shit tied up in it. So I mean, I I, I see actors and directors I like going to work on shit that I hate. Like I'm not a big fan of SNL, but I like a lot of the people who go into that and come out of it. Yeah. And I like the work that they do and I like them as actors and performers, but, um, it's just, I don't connect with SNL anymore. Hell no, dude. And it's just, I think it's a really bad show. (laughs) And then, but it's kind of like a boot camp for all those people who then they come out the other side and they're like, Amazing. Yeah. Um, and I think this is just kind of like, so I, I don't fault anyone for, for doing something for money, especially with when there's this promise of something on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. And if John Carpenter had to do this to like make another better movie, then I'm kind of okay with it. And then they made another, you know, the rest of the, of the Halloween movies goes its own way. And I'm interested in checking those out. And, you know, so far five is not, not bad. Um, I like that one. So, well, I, yeah, I, I love this movie personally. I think it's better. It's better than the new one that they made 2018, which is kind of the real part two, you know? And like, I mean, I don't know. I think this is one of the best part twos that there is, honestly. So, all right. So what, what do you, what do you give this one? I'm going to give it a thumbs way up. Thumbs up. I'm going to give it a thumbs up. I'm going to say, this is not something that, is bad in any way. Um, and then I'm probably going to watch it again sometime and really kind of watch it a bit more carefully because I got more out of it the second time mm-hmm. I watched it than the first time I watched it. Um, and so I will probably get something out of it. And this was the last movie. I finished watching it right as uh, right as you came on. And I was also editing those, these clips while I was watching it. So <laughs> I wasn't paying full attention to it. Uh, so I, it definitely deserves a rewatch. Uh, so a thumbs up for me. Hell yeah! All right, man, we did it. Yeah, <laughs> we got that's we got part one of stuff. two. <laughs> part one of two. The um, next one has like no movies that I like. This is two two thumbs. Yeah, up, yeah. This one, the next one is going to be a, a lot more. Uh, it's going to be a lot more single sided. I think. Um, yeah. So, uh, all right. So this is officially the one year mark of, of this show and we're kind of wrapping it up, uh, again next week. What do you think? Right? A whole year of doing this show, watching fucking movies. It's been, been a lot of fun. Will, I love yeah. doing this podcast. I hope we do another year of it. Who knows, yeah. man? You know, I got well, nothing going on. I got, you know, I'd love to keep doing it. I can keep doing yeah. it. We were Forever. in a pandemic when we uh, started. We're a year later, still in the same pandemic. <laughs> uh, I have not been vaccinated as of this recording. Have you? Have you gotten it? Yeah, I've gotten my first shot. I'm about to get my second one. We're in phase four here. so Yeah, I got about another two weeks before it's going to be really available for me out here. Well, so That's not too bad. No, it's, it's, it's here. It's mid-April, so... Um, yeah, anything going on? Anything else going on? No, I, I was thinking it's funny that to celebrate one year of this podcast, that the premise is about uh, stuff you can stream. Some of these movies are like, yeah, <laughs> hard to find. Let's put it. I know, and I'm like, I'm like, man, how how far do I want to take that? Do I want to keep that as a? Th- I mean, there is plenty of shit that we can watch yeah. streaming, but there's also stuff I want to watch. 
Yeah. Um, and, and doing this kind of stuff. Um, eh, I hear you. Whatever. I hear you. We can, we can kind of play it by ear. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, I'm, I've always been soft with the rules of, of my own podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do, do what the show needs it to do, not don't stick yourself into some theme you picked. I'm with you. So, um, yeah, we'll be back again next week. Listen to my other shows. I've mentioned them here before. Yeah, listen to Will's other shows and rate and okay. review this one. Tell your rate friends review about this one. It. Hey guys, I, people have been listening to this podcast. Thank you, thank you for listening. To this. Yeah, a few people have reached out to me and been like, "Bro, I've been listening to your podcast." Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you, I mean, guys, we uh, let's see this this last month March was our best month to date. I don't know if that's a fluke or not, but hey, I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it too. We appreciate thank you it. For, thank, you, thank you for coming and listening to us jabber about shit we watched. So <laughs> Yeah, for real. But uh, also listen to Randy's stuff, Chat Pile, Randy Rules. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, find it at Spotify and Bandcamp. Uh, listen to my shit. And then also add, add Wizards. Uh, it's a new podcast by friends, Land and Aviva, where they, it's all about, uh, advertise like commercials. They got the zoom, zoom kid. Um, they got, they did one about mattress commercials, like mattress spokesman mm. that came out this week. Um, yeah, I love those two. They're great and super funny, but Hey, let's wrap this up. Uh, let's and, wrap it up. And end this so we can talk about the rest of the three movies. Yeah. We got one more right. episode to record. One more peek behind the curtain. We're yeah. doing two of these back to back. All right, Randy. I'll see you All next right. time. See you later, Will. Will.